Tikkun and learn Torah. The worm fires of the Torah. Okay, is that on? Okay, great. Okay, we're on page 131 in the in the photocopies, and we're just about to start the second paragraph, which is about five lines down. Good morning. Hi, I'm, what's your name? I'm sorry, didn't hear you? Phyllis Barrett. Nice to see you. Welcome. Okay, so last week, oh, excuse me, the, the shear is Le'ilui Nishmas Sheila Katz, Shifra Matzel Bas Eliezer, Sheila Katz by her husband, Stanley and Neshama should have an Aliyah, Mechayel, Mechayel. So we learned last week that Hashem Yisvorach is the source of all things, as we all know, and the Ramchal presents that in two ways. One is B'Mitziyus, which means in existence, that all things derive their existence from Hashem. And the second one is bipa'ula, in function. That everything that functions in the universe derives its function and its context of function from Hashem. So that's mitsius and in pa'ula. And in further depth of the matter, according to the many arrangements that Hashem made, to be mesakein, to rectify created beings, as we mentioned earlier, there are many matters of ra, of evil, that are in the world. Which transpire and occur in the world. Some of that ra is here as a result of the freedom of choice of people who choose to do bad. So that puts ra into the world. Or there may be a decree from Shemayim to punish somebody who's done evil. And this appears to be contrary to Hashem's will. If anybody needs a photocopy, there's still on the back table there. Contrary to Hashem's will. That's what it appears like. Because God wants only good. So if we would consider that, we, we would think that everything should look good, should be good. What's all of this Ra doing here? And Hashem's desire completely is to give good. And Hashem's name is desecrated when wicked people have control and authority in the world. And when bad things and damaging things occur in reality. However, those who know Hashem's deep ways and go deeply into Hashem's ways. Yeda, they will know, ki al panim, that on any account, ein el misibos amok, that all of these things that are bad, that appear bad, they're all functioning according to a much deeper cheshbon, a much deeper calculation and plan that Hashem has, all of them are directed toward the point of the completion of creation. It is there that they close, that they end. So we've talked about this before, that whereas good is eternal, and it's an expression of Hashem, His revelation of His presence, but Ra is temporary, Ra has an end. It's only here for a certain period of time, and then it's gone. 
When Mashiach comes, there'll be no more Ra. Good lasts forever. That's what he means here, Uba mis taimin. They're directed toward the ultimate goal of creation, and there they conclude, like the word siyum. That's where it concludes. Ukamosha zacharna b'chelik rishon, as we have learned earlier. Venimsa. Therefore we find, Shehakadosh Baruch Hu, Hu hamenaheges hakol be'emes, that God is guiding all things in truth. And it is only Hashem's divine plan which endures. And what is that divine plan? That His goodness and completion and wholeness will be reached by all of His creations. As we learned. Ella. But. But according to the truth of things, it is necessary for the world to go through these various cycles and periods where evil exists. Based on the foundations of Hashem's wondrous wisdom and that which is ultimately good. And it will be known at the end of all things, when all of this comes to a close and a climax at the end of history, that Hashem is one, absolutely one. And He's the one who's turning the wheels, who's bringing the world into this way of being. In their ways, lavo el hatachli soamiti, to arrive at the world's ultimate goal, which is shahu hatov haamiti shazacharnu, that which is ultimately good, as we learned before. Umimash enichlal od baomek zeho inyan, hu gilui amitas yichudo yisporach. And furthermore, what is included in this is the revelation of Hashem's. Oneness, the truth of Hashem's oneness. So just to recap this a little bit, and he doesn't go completely into it here because he touched on it elsewhere in in the Sefer, that Ra has a purpose here. Evil has a purpose. We've learned about Bechira. Without Ra, there's no Bechira. Mm -hmm. And when when the world is created by Hashem for people to earn their Tov, and we do have to earn it, that's what makes it the highest Tov, If there's no Ra, we would be like Malachim. And Malachim angels are just given their Tov, they don't earn it. And even though they're holy beings, but that's not like Hashem. Because Hashem is good in and of Himself. It's His Ratzon. Whereas those holy beings, they are imposed upon to be good. They're Kadosh by force. Whereas people can be God-like, Ramchal calls it a kitsas histamus, a little bit of similarity, God-like, by having a will to do good and becoming good on one's own. That's more God-like. That's a higher tov. So without Ra in the world, that's not possible. So Ra is here for those purposes, and Hashem in His divine plan knows the context, knows the parameters, how far Ra can go, and we've seen it go very far, of course, in our history, but there's always limitations. And that's what he means, that the, the Ra is here temporarily toward that goal, and ultimately, when we reach that state of Hashem's revelation of His oneness, it will all be understood. So from that side of history, looking back on it, we'll see the purpose for the Ra and the ultimate meaning for the Ra, and we will understand how Hashem was behind this all the way along. We can't see it from where we are now. We can believe in it. We can't see it. When, it all, when it's all over, we'll look back on it and we'll understand it. That's part of the next sentence that he just said that he's going to go into. Gilui amitas yichudo. The revelation of Hashem's true oneness. So that includes looking back on history and where it all is clear. Echad yachidu miyuchad. Mrs. Fran, yeah, please. What is the, 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 the Like the word domeh. 
Hifdamuth. And that's in Perak Aleph, where he, re, where he refers to, I'm sorry, in Chelek Aleph, where he refers to that little bit of similarity, Kiviachal, that we have to Hashem because we earn our own Tov. Yeah, please, Ilana. So he's going to get there. So he, he's not there yet. And, and, and as is his derech in the Ramachal, that he's laying down a yesod. He'll put out a couple of ideas, building a building, and then he'll, based on the yesod that we have, he'll, he's going to connect that to Kriyashma. But right now, what Ilan is saying is exactly right. We should be thinking, what does this have to do with Kriyashma? But he's going to get there. <laughs> yes, Dory, please. Right, exactly right. The very, very similar concept and that <laughs> idea of, that we have a zone and that we can use our zone. No one is forcing us to be anything. That's exactly how Hashem wants us to be. The tov that we earn from out of that state is the highest possible tov. Okay, so we'll take this a little further now. The, the, ne- the sentence that we just learned of Gilu Yamitas Yichudas, a major topic in the Ramchal's writing, the revelation of the Yichud of Hashem, the oneness of Hashem. Vizek, Kihine, bottom of 131, about four lines up. Kvarbi Arnu, we have already explained, Shaklal Kol Hamisibos Hasovavos Ba'olam, that amongst all of the various cause and effects, let's say systems, that are in the world. Who? Shehine bora haboyusborach eshara. Hashem created Ra, lishayaviruhu b'neha adam, so that people will remove it, will overcome it. V'yikbau ba'atzmam u'bebriya eshatov. And to establish within themselves and within creation, tov. That's the idea I was just referring to through Bechira. There are many vast laws and principles. Hushrishu, which were rooted in this matter. So that the world can become complete in all of its facets. Top of 132. Because there are many specifics which are found regarding the existence of Ra in the world, its function, and the extent of the authority that it has. Shlita's authority, rule, control. So, mitzadachad, there are many things that go into the presence of Ra in the world and how far Hashem lets it go and what it does and how much control it has. That's a very deep concept that Hashem is running and managing the world with. Upratim rabim kamochen. Then there are additionally more principles and specifics regarding man's relationship with Ra, the human being's relationship with Ra, in that we are placed underneath it and we are placed and meshed in it. It's everywhere. And here we are in this world and there's Ra in the world and we can't escape that. And then there are more specifics regarding how we can overcome and defeat Ra. And to be released from its bounds, from its chains. And conquering it. 
So each of these phrases the Ramchal mentions to overpower, to be released, to defeat, they're all different ways of battling Ra. And each one has its specific rules and details. The Inyan Mitsuyus HaTov, and then of course there's the presence of Tov in the world, of good. Hispash Tov, its dissemination. The Hischazko, and its being strengthened. Kifihikona Hara, the Hikavsho. According to the degree that Ra is humbled and defeated. Va'amnan. Shorish Kolmitsius Hara Pu'ulasa Now the Ramchal is going to say a very esotistic concept, which he reiterates a few times in the Derech Hashem. The root of Ra, its functions and its control, Hu Ha'alim Habori Sporach Esichudo is when God conceals his oneness. So, Hester Punim, that's the same word Ha'alim and Hester, it means to hide or to conceal. Hester Punim, Hashem is concealing his presence, is the source of Ra in the world. When God hides, there's Ra. The more he hides, the more Ra there is. The darker the world, the more Ra. That God is not revealing himself in his powerful truth to everybody. According to the degree of concealment, excuse me, so is the degree of the power of the presence of Ra. As we said before. So we have these many facets of Ra in the world, its control and its influence, our relationship to it. All of those things are extensions of Hester Punim. So what we really have to understand here is that although Hester Punim is a very broad concept, and Hester Punim equals darkness equals Ra, but there are thousands and thousands and thousands of manifestations of that, and how that occurs. The degree, the intensity, the duration, all of that. It's all part of the system of Hester Panim. And also the Ramchal mentioned, now he's going to talk about that a little more, that as we defeat Ra, Bezras Hashem, then Tov is strengthened. As we are released from it, then we gain more Tov. So that's this coming paragraph, and I'll get to a few more questions. So just one second. V'shoresh kol bitol hara, whereas the source of the elimination of ra, v'ha'avaraso, and moving it away from the world, removing it, rather, from the world. V'hikava kol habriya betov, and establishing the briya in a state of good, that is the revelation of Hashem's presence. So you could really say it all comes down to Ha'oras Panim and Hester Panim, and that would be a true statement. It all comes down to how much Hashem reveals or conceals Himself. And that's absolutely true. And the millions and millions of variations of those two Yesodistic principles that governs the state of reality that we live in at, in any era and even in any particular second of time. How much ha'ora is there, how much revelation, and how much concealment. V'hu ma'asho'amar ha'kasuv, as it says in the Torah, Ru ato ki ani anihu. Hashem says to us, look and see that it is I, it is I, ani anihu. He's revealing himself. The kasuv. And it says in the Navi Yeshaya, Laman Teidu Vita'aminu, in order to know and to believe, Lufanai Lo Notsar Ilvacharailo Yihiya, no God was formed before me, after me there will be no other. Vinimsa Shesof Tikun Kol Habriya. So therefore, the ultimate tikkun, repair, rectification of reality, Tolui Bigilui Yehudo Yisparah is completely dependent 
on the revelation of Hashem's oneness. Those two things are equal. The tikkun of the Bria and the gilui hayicho, that's the Ramchal's terminology, the rectification of reality and the revelation of His oneness, those are completely related to each other. Vihinehu haya vahova Hashem was, is, and will be. Tamid, always. Echad yachidu meyuchad. And He's absolutely one in all ways. Ella, she'achshav eno megulet lakol kro'ui. It's just that now this is not revealed to everyone as is fitting, meaning as ultimately it could be. V'le'asid lavo. And in that future time, meaning in the Yemos HaMashiach, Yiskalel legamre l'chol habruin. Listen to that very clear language. Yiskalel legamre l'chol habruin. Hashem will be revealed completely to all creations. Kamosha Zacharnu, as we say, and this is what we conclude every davening with. Bayom hahu Hashem echad echad. From Zechariah, on that day, Hashem will be one and His name will be one. That means that not only is He one, which He always is, but we will recognize Him as being one. That's what it means He has a name. Like when you call somebody by their name, it shows that you know them. So Ushmo Echad, that means that we recognize that Hashem is one. We're calling Him by His name, Echad. Amnam, however, Yisroel, the Jewish people, that we merited Hashem's true Torah. We already know this. We know this reality. And we testify to it every single day. You are my witnesses, Hashem says. This is a great merit to us that we can proclaim this even before it's revealed. Right, so now just circling back to Ilana's question. We look at the world, what's happening? There's Tov, there's Ra, there's, there's good, there's evil, there's concealment, there's revelation, there's suffering. Where is Hashem? So we know He's in here, but He's not revealed. So when we say, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad, we are proclaiming and testifying as to Hashem's oneness at all times. Even during the times when it's not revealed, we make that declaration in an absolute way. And that declaration will be revealed on that. So that's our statement of the Shema and the word Echad. Echad in all ways at all times. And also, as I'm sure you know, the Ayin and the Dalit in the Torah, in Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokein, Hashem Echad, they're large letters. Osios, Revavos, according to the Messiah, Ayin, Dal, that's Eid, witness. And that's what the Ramchal says here, Atem, Eidai, Neum Hashem, you are my witnesses. So this is a testimony that we make, that we're declaring Hashem Echad at all times. And then he concludes with that beautiful a uh, little phrase, big phrase, This is very meritorious for the Jewish people to make that proclamation. Now if we think about our people right, who are in the midst of the worst circumstances of life on their way to the gas chambers are saying, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad. So that's the ultimate expression of this. Because the only thing that's around those people is evil. They're mamish in the depths of Ra. And yet they say, because they know, because it's in the fabric of the Jew, Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad. That's how a Jew lives, that's how a Jew dies. Okay, there were several uh, questions. Uh, please, you had your hand up before? Yes. Uh, um, I just, you said that when people make something, when people make good, right, you know, obviously, uh, to a certain extent, we all... Right. Some people try to make a little bit of good. Uh, There's making a little bit of good, that little bit of good. Does mm-hmm. it affect uh, revelation of Hashem? Sure, absolutely. Every, everything that we do, 
affects the higher olamos. That's the hishtalshulus concept that we learned about. So we do something here, it has an impact in Shamayim, and as a result of that impact, that reverberates back down into our world. Every single thing, good, that we do, big, small, it all has its effect. So ultimately, you know, part of what we can do is reveal the good. Yes. And by doing that, Hashem Himself can be a little bit revealed. That, and, and that's what He wants us to do. Okay. He, he wants to participate in moving the world in that direction towards the Gilu Yehuda Yisbara. Now, we've learned before that Hashem Himself has already set the world in that direction, and that's where the world is moving, even though, again, we can't see it. God is the force behind the world ultimately reaching Mashiach's time, but we can participate in it. And every time we are Mekayim, His Ratzon, we keep the world moving in that direction, and we can even bring it quicker. It's even possible for us to bring it in a, in a way where it's going to come today instead of a different, a different day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Please, yeah. Okay, so really the idea is balance as opposed to equal. There's always a balance. And the balance is such that it's not only in a specific time that there's a certain balance between Tov and Ra, but also over, over history there's the balance of Tov and Ra. The balance could be 70-30. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily 50-50. So we live in a time where darkness is intense. It's probably more like 95 to 5 <laughs> in our time. And there are other times, like in the Zaman of the Beis HaMikdash, the Bayis Rishon, when the Shechina was evident, that's like 90-10 in the other direction, where mm -hmm. the world is full of Tov. So you have this balance, and even though, there's, let's say, you, we live in a state of revelation, the time of Shlomo HaMelech, so the powers of evil are strong, people were... In those times, the power of evil is strong, but relative to Tov, the Tov there is, in those eras, were much, was much stronger. And therefore, Bechira exists within that shikul, within that balance. Now, in our times, the Ikvasad de Mashiach, the latter generations of history, where it's weighted much stronger toward Choshech, toward darkness. So we, we are choosing within a world where the balance is toward that. That's a harder choice. It's a harder choice to make. And therefore, there's a great zuchus for us. There was a, a great Talmud Chacham, the earlier part of this, of the previous century, pre-Holocaust, uh, who said that when he sees a Jew who's wearing a yarmulke, he wants to go kiss him. Because that Jew, 500 years ago, would be a, a tremendous Talmud Chacham. Just wearing a yarmulke, that's all. But the forces that you have to fight in our time to wear yarmulke are formidable. And so Bechira occurs within that level. It's all balanced out over the course of history. So when you say balance over the course of history, mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that one age is dark, so another age is going to be light? Yes, it does. It does. It does mean that, yeah. But balance does not mean 50-50? Right. Yeah, o overall... It will be close to 50-50, like if we average it out overall. I just don't want to put it in mathematical terms. It's, it's too, uh, it's too, um, it's trying to make it too precise. It's Hashem's running this balance. Right. But if we happen to bring about um, more good in this generation, all of a sudden we all do tshuva, does that mean another generation has said more people? No, not necessarily. Not necessarily. I see what you're saying. No, no, that doesn't mean that we have to worry that if we do more tov, someone has to struggle with more ra. It could even go that in that we are toward the end of the 6,000 years of history that the good might just continue to accrue and go in that direction and Yavah yeah, Mashiach, be Yeah, please, Mira.
That's the manifestation of evil. Uh-huh. So it's like evil in the world. It's a koach. Evil is a, it's a force. It's a force in creation. You can't put your finger on it, but it's but it's manifested uh-huh. th- through the horrible things that many people end up doing. Right. Oh, that's what happened in the Holocaust. Right. Right now he's talking about the universe. the universe, but the truth is that it applies to a person as well. Everybody's an olam katan, we're all a small world, a small universe. We have in a microcosm mm-hmm. the same battles between Tov and Ra as the world has in its macrocosm fashion. So every person has that within them, that the shikul of Tov and Ra, there's tukufos in our life, there's eras in our own lives, and the, the balance changes, it fluctuates from one time to another. So we are, in that way, like a small universe as well. Yeah. I also wanted to bring out one more point uh, that I meant to mention, that it's important for us to notice that when Hashem um, creates Ra in the world, He does that by hiding His presence. We said, Hester Panim. Mm-hmm. He never says that God is absent, right? Because that's impossible. Hashem is never absent. He doesn't pick up and leave because his existence is absolute. And that's a very important yesod also when he had described that God is always there. Imo anochi bitsara. I'm with you in your pain, but I'm with you. So hester, planim, darkness, concealment is the concept, not absence. Because you, you see, you know, in the secular world, people bat, you know, toss around the concept, is God here, is he not here? All right, so that's not a Jewish concept. Of course he's here, but he may be very hidden. Yes, Esther, please. Um, the idea that everything that happens to us individually is good, mm-hmm. even if it's... Gamzu Latova. Right, right. So what I'm wondering is, in tying that in with what we're discussing, mm-hmm. if, that, if we can bring ourselves to have sufficient amnona and fit to come, mm-hmm that we actually see that even in the midst of some horrible happening. Then it seems to me we are surmounting the Hester Panem. Is that right? And That's absolutely right. If, so in a way, if we can, I mean, I just read that one of our challenges in this generation is Amuna. Um, and if we could not just do tshuva, but increase our amuna as to this is all good happening to us. Mm-hmm. Um, Will that have that effect in Shemaya? Sure. If Hashem could more, um, maybe sooner, reveal mm-hmm. himself, and um, is, is it possible? Yeah. Yeah, it, it's very possible. And our choosing to see things that way and our conviction about that, it is part of the process of tshuva. Because tshuva is not always that we are repairing something we did wrong. It also means to increase that which we're doing right. It's also called tshuva. Like the Svarim HaKadoshim say that you can do tshuva on a mitzvah. And so how are you doing tshuva on a mitzvah? You just did a mitzvah. Well, because we can do it better. It's always possible. Maybe I did it, but my mind wasn't there. Maybe I did it, but I did it half-heartedly. So I can always do tshuva on a mitzvah too. So that increasing of, one, of our amuna, it is part of tshuva, and it's certainly part of growth as a Jew. And that has a very strong impact in Shemayim because in, in terms of the large-scale picture, the world picture that we just learned about, that's really what the Ramchal is saying. That when we say Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokein Hashem Echad, that's choosing that path of Amuna. That has a great impact in Shemayim. Yeah, please, Rabbi. Well, I guess I'm just trying. He's, I think we learned that this is a futuristic thing to be able to really... That, to really perceive yes, it. Yes, and that we will. Truly. It's like you're going to have mm-hmm. a brain change. 
We will have our brain change. That's a good way to say it. it it's a collective navua. We all have navua at that time. Yeah. But implicit in that is that we don't now. Right. We can't. As much as we may want to push it and force it, there's certain things we can't put together and we can't see. And right. So I, but we can believe yeah, it. We're making a proclamation. But, mm-hmm. but, okay. But I, I guess I'm struggling with that belief and the truth. Um, like speaking with integrity about, you know, like how much of a proclamation can I make based on the limitations of my vision? Uh, hopefully, a, a stronger one every day. I mean, when so we say an that, proclamation. it sounds like an ultimate. Proclamation. It, it is an ultimate proclamation because those words, <laughs> Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem that is the ultimate proclamation. Some person will say it with less conviction. Another person will say it with more conviction. Another person will say it with absolute conviction. And I'm talking about that they really mean it. I'm talking about integrity. But we still have to say it. It's not a false proclamation. We're not being um, insincere to Hashem if we say that, but our heart is not quite there because we're saying it. That's our mission as the Jewish people. And the more we become clear on the declaration and proclaim it strongly, the more impact that that has. And in terms of seeing it, yeah, that's, that is a Yemos HaMashiach experience. Right now it's Amuna and Bitachon. For some great, great people, their Amuna and Bitachon is pretty close to seeing it. Uh, the belief becomes very close to actually seeing it. I, I think yeah. I just have a problem with throwing the word amuna around because I, I think there are a lot of ideas about that and realities about that and, and truths about it. And, and we, we, just, you know. we have to be honest. We have to be intellectually honest. But I think that we are not doing ourse- giving ourselves enough credit to say, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokein Hashem I don't really mean that. That's, that's not, that's not no, giving ourselves any credit at all. I don't mean that I right. don't know that. Yeah. Not in that I don't know it, I don't believe right. it, but... I don't know that I fully. I don't know that. I, I don't know that fully. That. I can't appreciate it. Fully. Uh-huh. Fully. Uh-huh. I don't know that fully. Okay. And that's true. We don't know that fully because knowing it fully is... Mm-hmm. But we can know that to extent or even believe that to an extent and grow from there. So I guess my question is, should we always be operating with, I don't know that fully, as opposed to pushing to know something fully, that it seems to me he's telling us we can't know it fully. Or are there some people that know it fully before Yemos HaMashiach? They are, their brains are in that state. It's all relative. Right? So some of our great, like the, the, the great story that we said about the Rebbe Rebbe Zusha, what, what bad, what evil? He didn't see any, he lived a life of misery, didn't see any evil. It was all good. Right, so he was there, right? He was there. And for somebody else, this is a horrible life, but I believe in Hashem. Right? But each one, kol echad kufi, their own emunah, according to their own bitachon. So w- what balance to make uh, when a person says, I don't know this yet, that's a true statement. A person who says, I would like to know more, that's a true statement. I would like to get to a higher place than I am now, that's all true. And I think it depends on the person. Ilani, you had a hand up before? I think um, is Ra is evil or Ra is bad? Because there's a difference. Because bad is poverty, illness, death, which is not really bad. That's the part that we say isn't really bad. It's for something. And then there's evil, which is people choosing to do bad things, like cruel things. Right. Which one is, is tied to the Hesterpani? They, they both are. They're, they're, both, they're both degrees of Hesterpanim. And so a person who's suffering in poverty. Right, so that there's, there's no murder there, there's no um, geneva there, there's no, what you're saying is evil, but it's still, it's still bad. It's a bad place to exist. No one would want that. So, but they're all degrees of Hester Plenum. So what, what you are defining as bad is one level, and then evil, when people do horrible things, that's a much more intense level of Hester Planum. But they're both on the spectrum. One is much further along in the spectrum. 
And you know, of course, as the Ramchal has, has taught us before, that wealth is the same thing. Now, wealth can also be bad. People live in a state of wealth, don't recognize God, don't have compassion on other people, live a self-centered life, or somebody else has wealth and they're like Balei Tzedakah and they're kind and they're su supporting Torah and people who need their support. So there's a form of Hester Panim in everything. Uh, it's, it's a little easier to see the Hester Panim in miserable poverty. That's so palpable. Right. Evil is never good. A person who, God forbid, chooses to do an act of evil in, in the world, like unfortunately we see every day. So that act is evil. Somehow in the big picture, things that we can understand in the end of days, behind that act also something came out of it as well. We don't credit to that person. That person did something evil, and that's what it is. They're not credited with somehow moving the world towards Shalemus. That's God's hand underneath there. Mm -hmm. We have to deal with the evil that that person represents and did. Hashem is behind the whole, the whole progression of the world toward Mashiach. Yeah, Regina, please. Yeah. So even if you're saying Shema without, you're still creating a certain uh, uh, certain reality in yeah. the world. So yeah. it's not the worst thing. I mean, it's not better to do better, but just saying Shema. It's good. But, you know, it, it's, it's a good thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah. also, um, I was, there's two uh, uh, things in, in, in history that I question, that I'm asking about. First of all, I heard one time that so much good that it would have all been hard to be good with Abraham in the world, so you needed some balance, so that's how Nimrod came on. That's a concept of balance also, right. a, similar, a similar concept of, of balance <coughs> in the world. Well, I, I, this yeah. was, you know, yeah. it, similar maybe, idea. He was so overwhelmed yeah. with Abraham that it really would have been just like that, so that was... Okay. Okay. And also, what's with the uh, thing with Abra with Paro? When it seems like he was almost, he would have been, um, you know, he would be very good if Hashem hadn't. He could have accepted, um, you know, Hashem with all the plagues and everything, and Hashem had a sort of interim redeem. Now, the the way the Rambam explained explain, the way the Rambam explains that is that. That was a result of Paro's own choices. That a person can choose to become so corrupt that that's the final result of their choices. So God's hardening his heart, but he has put himself in a position through his riches to receive that type of uh, conduct from Hashem. It's a hard concept, hardening his heart, but that's how the Rambam says it. You can choose your way out of having the fira. Uh -huh. It wasn't that, Hash, that Hashem wanted to actually uh, keep the, the, um, the Makos going until, because they, the Makos were sort of um, there for, they were there for B'nai Israel also. Yeah, it seems yeah. like that's a part of it. Hashem says, Laman Ravos Mov sign, or that my miracles shall be increased. So we have to deal with that. We have to deal with that, that there's Yad Hashem moving that, moving that, Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. And at the same time, there are people who are choosing, or like Paro choosing not to see, and the Mitzrayim are choosing not to see. Those are difficult concepts. They're both happening. Both, both realities are happening at the same time. 
mean, I know you have a Shira, but it sounds like Hashem gave him too uh, much. Like he really pulled, put it on on him. Like on Paro? That he, yeah, that he, that he really would have caved much earlier. He he probably would have caved. That's what it would seem like. But you know, who wouldn't in that? But that was also part of his own evil that he had to experience that rejection over and over again that he is making because he chose to be that way. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's, that's hard. Yeah. Yeah, Rosen, please. Um, is it possible that we experience the some, what is this ultimate understanding of Hashem's oneness at Harsinai? <clears throat> like, is it in our vetted experience? Yes. Yeah. At Matan Torah was was very very close to that because we were we had returned to the level of Adam Kodamache, which is a very clear perception of Hakodesh Borhu and all of Kla Yisrael reached that level. So we were about, you know, this close to going into the era of Mashiach at the time of Matan Torah. But we still had Bechira, as we noticed, because a short time later came the Ched Hoego. So we were not quite there, but we were as close as people have come in, in throughout all of history. And understanding Hashem's oneness. Yes. Yeah. Because it seems like there has to be some bit of, some truth embedded in us. Otherwise it just seems presumptuous to me that we... Yeah. However much we believe in something, right. I, I do. No, we ha- we do have that within us. We have Matan Torah. We have the fact that we learned the whole Torah inside our mother's womb. Right. So we have that experience, and our neshama itself, just by virtue of the fact that it is a neshama, right. and has that clear knowledge of our Kaddish Baruch Hu and, and is inside of us, it is embedded in us. Right. It's part of who we are. That's why I was told when he first said mm-hmm. that to, I think, fix it and to create it, the tov in the, um, that the yikbu'u v'atman u'vabriya es ha-tov, to... To be koveya is to establish it to, strongly. That, so, like, are you creating it or are you revealing it? Like, it seems like it's there and it's uncovering it as opposed to... Well, creating it, it from nothing. It, it, that I don't yeah, we're, we're not we're not creating it from nothing. That's for sure. But it's both things. It's uncovering it and it's also revealing it. It's both, mm-hmm. because our efforts cause revelation. Our efforts cause revelation. That when we choose tov, revelation does occur. And yes, at some point in our neshama, we already know that. At some point. Well, it could also be that the process of revealing something is uncovering something. Well, you already know, right. right. I think it can take two more, then we'll stop. Yes, Sandy, please. Make sure. I want to say something about what Sandy said, too. Please. Yeah. I was also thinking, the more it's personalized, the more it has to come in there, yeah. the more you have to use the Bechira to face, to, to where you are when I need to talk in, in order to overcome Right. Sure. But I can see that as that happens on a personal level, mm-hmm. it happens. You create ripples. Right. Uh, on, a on the broader level. level. Right. And I, I mm-hmm. she said about it's in the neshama. I I never will forget this experience when I was in the nursing home. There was um, a man who was there who was um, ill, and apparently he was um, he never had any connection to Hashem. I, I, he yelled and screamed and do everything that was happening to him. And it wasn't, I, I saw people in worse physical shape than he was, but he had no peace within himself. Mm-hmm. He had no, um, because he didn't have that connection, he had no peace. And he wouldn't see a rabbi, he wouldn't mm-hmm. see anybody because the spiritual peace of him was um, causing his neshama so much. A lot of pain, right? It was, mm-hmm. I, I never forgot that. Mm-hmm. Until someone finally came in, and, uh, right before he was ready to, um, someone said, someone said, he's not with him. Mm-hmm. And I never saw anything like that. He just calmed for about 24 hours. Yeah. He was calm. I, I don't know. I'm assuming he won't be 
Thank you. Yeah, Dory, please. It's that Ra in the world which, which allows us to have a higher good. So Hashem puts Ra in the world. Hashem doesn't do Ra. Right? God himself doesn't do Ra. He puts the power of Ra in the world. You could call it potential, the Ra. It's there, and then people can act on it or can overcome it. And that's where Bechira lies. So God puts the Koach, that force, in the universe... And then it's up to us how we respond to it, if we give in to it, if we restrain, if we conquer it. That's where our, that's the range of our Bechira. And of course the opposite side of that is the, the intrinsic Kedusha and holiness that we have in ourselves that helps us battle the Koach and of course the Torah that we have. So it's in there. <laughs> Right. He, he wants us not to act on Ra, but he'll let us. He'll let us. He, if we were to say, Hashem, do you want me to steal or not? No, I don't want you to steal. Okay, we know that. It says, Lo Tignovu. Right, so, but, but it's up to you. And he truly leaves it up to us. And then if we do that, we're going to have to somehow do tshuva and some, rectify that and bring that back around to its shlemus. <laughs> God allows that. The one that's been affected by the so there's hashgacha in there too. Right? So a person was stolen from, you have bechira, a person is choosing to do something to another person, so that's bechira, the recipient or the victim of that evil. Mm -hmm. There's a gezerah in there as well. Mm -hmm. That's why always we're always taught if some, some, a person has something bad that happens to them, so you're angry at that person, justifiably so, but then we also have to say, but there's a reason this happened. Right? It's true that what he did was wrong. That's his cheshbon. And he needs to ask my forgiveness. He shouldn't have done that. But now me, as an individual, I have to look at Akash Baruch and say, okay, I know this did not happen without a reason. So both things are true. Done? Okay. <laughs> Sorry, this is good. Have a great day, everybody. Have a great week. Yashar Kaya. If you want to hold on to your photocopy.